from Google, and we have Nikki Burtz from Google too. So, how you guys doing? Uh, you heard it here first, folks. There's now a Google too. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. That's our show. We're done. <laughs> Google One's market share is currently tanking. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Well, thanks for coming. You know, I we just kind of met each other, uh, you know, on the in the in the hotel. But you know, I thought we 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 covered some good conversation. So I thought that would kind of translate pretty well to to the podcast. Yeah, um, happy to be here, man. Yeah, for yeah, us. yeah, yeah. So why don't you guys, you know, start off like, what, what do you guys do for Google? It's like, what don't we do? <laughs> so many different things. Like, I, I currently work uh, in the edge. So we're actually yeah. working with Kubernetes. I always work on the edge. Oh, wait, oh, but yeah, that's yeah. on the edge. That's no, on no. the edge. Oh, yeah. sorry, sorry. Uh, sorry. So now recording yeah. Steven Tyler. Yes. Uh, okay. Maybe a little of on the edge as well. But yeah, yeah no, uh, bring, bringing Kubernetes down into locations and widely distributed. So that's most yes. of my focus. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What, what about yourself, Nick? I'm a PM on the GKE team, outbound yeah. product manager, actually. So I'm kind of overlaying across all of the different fancy stuff we have on GKE. Um, so, so inbound is not your concern whatsoever. No, no, it's 100% <laughs> my concern. They, they have to they have to fight to keep me out of the room. Nice. Um, but yeah, yeah, so I, I am focusing a little bit on AIML batch workloads. Yeah. Um, I probably have, have a thesis on platform engineering. Yeah, you do. Well, we'll have to hear yeah. all about that. Um, <laughs> but most of my career is in like engineering and solutioning and stuff. So yeah, this yeah. is a new role for me. I've only been doing it for about a year. Oh, forget it. We don't want to. Talk. We'll just talk to you, Mike. Uh, no. Yeah. He's on the PM side. Yeah, yeah. Nah, mm. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So, yeah, why don't you? Why don't we start with with you and and talk about like what's what are you doing? What are you doing at work these days? Like, what's what's interesting about Edge? What's so? I think the cool thing about Edge is I think we're we're inventing or reinventing the compute that happens. Uh, <coughs> what typically has been like the machine sitting on the manager's desk. So think about a retail store. Think about. Uh, um, just uh, multiple, multiple different locations, you have a machine that does something and maybe it's clock in, clock out for employees or run a POS or something like that, right? So we're actually trying to... POS is point of sale, not oh, piece of. Yeah, okay, yeah. we got that. Well, stuff. <laughs> yes, piece of stuff. They're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> they, they can't be the same. Um, All right. But yeah, we're bringing those things down, right? And so we're actually trying to provide a uh, enterprise compute for that and do it in a way that uh, networks can be disconnected. So, because most of these places, the middle of nowhere, Kansas, like uh, they have five megabit, right? So you're yeah. not doing large pipeline information down. So we're trying to provide something like that, but then using Kubernetes uh, so that we have the same tool sets and uh, partners and things like that you can work with. Yeah, and, and, and you work on this little thing called GKE. Nobody really knows what that yeah. is, but, you know. Yeah, it's uh, fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, so the, the love affair that you're seeing in front of you, Mike and I, we, we're friends first and foremost, yes. but um, also work together. We, we started on the Edge thing together. We did. Yeah, we sort yeah. of. I think we coined it at Google. That's what, where we met it, yeah. Four years ago. Three, four years ago, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. We, we didn't really have an edge. and we So I, too, live on the edge. Yes. Yeah. And then it was too much for me, so I stopped. <laughs> and I went over to GKE because I wanted something a bit more stable. Nice, nice. <laughs> So, so what do you do? What, what's you know? What do you think about when you think of think of GKE? You know? Yeah. So the problems we're solving is that in general, Kubernetes is kind of complex, right? I really? mean, there's yeah, there's a slew of customers out there that are still struggling maybe to figure out how to get thing one going, or or they've gotten thing one going and they're looking to get some economies of scale, bin pack better, and get things two, three, four, and end going, right? Yeah, sure. And so what we what we're doing on the GKE team is trying to figure out how to make it easier. So like. Was it two years ago we released auto Autopilot? One yeah. and a half, something like that. So we released a, um, another version of GKE. It's still GKE, GKE yeah, yeah. Control Plane. It's called Autopilot. Are you familiar? 
Uh, I, I, you know, probably not that that term, but no, I just okay. know GKE as it is. Yeah. <laughs> so it is GKE, but it's GKE where the node pools sort of disappear from your purview as a customer. Okay. That makes no sense. No longer dealing with VMs and just dealing with the uh, the workload side of the API, the deployments, the daemon sets, the whole yeah. HPAs and such. So we, um, you know, you give us our you give us our your workloads, and then we schedule them, and then we charge you per second for the resources your pod uses. I'm glad that's per second and not per millisecond, you know. Yeah. That's, 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 that's a little better. <laughs> be a lot of math somebody has to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, no, I think that's great. And, and to me, you know, a lot of the conversations that we've had, uh, you know, throughout the last three days was really about, you know, we've gotten so complex in this in this whole ecosystem that really what's needed now is is to, to, to reduce that complexity and mm-hmm. to, to really give people kind of this on-ramp because you know, I always explain that people like you guys and me, we've 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 grown with this. Mm-hmm. We've we've so so when we started with Kubernetes, it was Kubernetes. Mm-hmm. Then the ecosystem grew around it. Yeah. And then so we grew with that, and we expanded our knowledge of those things. Hopefully. And uh, you just have to create replica sets. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and so as things replica started, yeah, yeah. I mean, as yeah. stuff started to, you know, the API expanded, things changed, and we kind of yeah. kept on with it. But think about somebody coming in today. Think about somebody that's, you know, just said, hey, I, I got to go from, you know, legacy to microservices. I don't even know what that means, but my CTO says it's very important. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, you know, where are they going to even start? They hear about this thing called Kubernetes, and let's try it out and see what happens. You know, don't even worry about security yet. Let's just get this app out the door. Yeah, just get an app running, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, I think we, we kind of invented uh, some of our own problems during this process. You know, yeah. like we started out with this. It seems like so basic on paper. It's like <laughs> I have these containers; they are orchestrated. They have, to, and then you're like, "Wait a minute! I have storage." Okay, no okay. problem. We'll deal with a little bit of storage, right? But then it starts getting bigger and bigger, and then we create these abstractions that sometimes are a little too large or yeah. too broad. Yeah. And so we created our own problems. So now this is where you know autopilot's coming and saying, "Well, let's start taking some of that away." There's a lot of those things that are you just do all the time, and you just if you're a Kubernetes person, you just do it. Yeah. You know, and so, but uh, you're right. Like a new person coming in, they wouldn't know those those conventions, those those practices. So we're just doing Doing that for you to make it a lot easier. You know? that, that's that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah, and it's great. We're not putting a lot of restrictions on. So, like, uh, I mean, there's restrictions on it, of course, as you as you uh, adopt some sort of conventions. But it's not like, uh, say, I'm uh, don't mean to throw the uh, the cloud run folks under the, the bus. I don't mean this at all. But uh, like, there's no time. We're not just saying, hey, you can only run this for ten minutes, and then we're gonna have to restart it. Like, you still, it's a Kubernetes cluster. Yeah. yeah. So it uh, it gives you a much lower barrier of entry into it, uh, but still getting pretty much the entire solution. So. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and and you know that's that's absolutely what's needed. I mean, uh, you look at the some of the the projects I heard about in the last few days, which I didn't even know about. Um, like like some one of my friends told me about this coop start. That's just like mm-hmm. okay, let's just let's just create a pipeline for you, like off the bat. And I'm yeah. like, it's, that's pretty awesome, you know, for people sure. that are getting into it. That's an awesome option. It's opinionated, yes, but at least it gives people an easy on ramp yeah. to to kind of allow them to kind of ease into this process. Yeah. You know, so so I think that's really cool. I mean, even some of the stuff I had, you know, Shannon Shannon Williams and Darren Shepard on yesterday, and they're talking about Acorn and why they mm-hmm. created that. You know, for you know, kind of creating that PaaS experience, kind of yep. you know, to build that up. So that was really interesting. I think it's great that we're getting out of the like just having a cluster because a long time it was well, how do I get a cluster? You know, keep yeah. admin, keep spray all like and it became like this thing that we've moved beyond that now. It's like, we're much more focusing on the valuable uh, the value side. Yeah. So, like anybody can create a cluster, and that's like table stakes at this point. So now it's like, what do you provide on top of that? What is the constructs we do development for that? Yeah. Like, so when I get to the edge, like that's how I think. I want my entire system to be completely opaque. I don't want anybody to even think about it. Yeah. It's like I want you focusing on your AIML or 
running you know virtual machines at these locations. Like I wanted to be focused on that. I everything else should be. But but at the same but in the same vein though, we're still having shared infrastructure, right? Yep. When you're using mm-hmm. Kubernetes, you're still able to get the benefits of bin packing yes. heterogeneous workloads, right? So like if you're running one web app or one API in a container, you might not want to put it on yeah. Kubernetes. Like there's <laughs> yeah. there's yeah. a there's like a break yeah. you know, a breakthrough point in which it becomes cost effective. Um and Kubernetes is kind of becoming becoming is containers are like the next to lowest common denominator yeah. at this point. Yep. And I mean, I think the reason why platforms are so tough, like I know Darren, um, I love Acorn, it's cool, but the hard part about these kind of platforms is that you typically, it's it's a brand new application, you're writing Greenfield or you're rewriting your entire thing mm-hmm. to get it to work. Yeah. And that's great. That is a very small percentage of the market share of applications that run in our planet today. But I'll be honest, every developer, that's what you want. You always, like, I can tell you in my almost 30 years of experience, I've had, like, three actual Greenfield projects. Yes, I know. Like, it's always coming into something that's been developed by somebody, and you spend six months figuring out how they did why, and then eventually you scrap most of it, and you still build it. But I've never really had... Most people don't get that many opportunities to start completely from scratch. Unless you're starting like a new startup yeah, and you're, you're coming up with it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that's very, very, very small percentage. It's a very small percentage. Yeah, but aren't totally most agree. new startups passes these days? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing there. And, and when I really come back to it, you know, I, I always start to think about like, what are you really trying to do? You know, why, mm-hmm. what's your objective? Why do you think you need? Do you need Kubernetes just because it's it's what it's it's not even the cool thing anymore because it's been around yeah. for so long? You know, Wasm's probably cooler now. You know, but but uh, you know, cool kids do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you do you need it? I mean, what what is your purpose? Do you need to? Why do you even need to go from from monolith into into microservices? Do you need to scale out better? Do you need to? Do you need a, a better software development experience so that you could just take elements of that in and out? You know, what is the purpose and lens back into the tools that you need? You know, because everybody thinks about, okay, well, what's the tooling? What are people using? Yeah. But they don't really, you know, they rarely think about like, okay, well, what's your objective first? Think yeah. about the objective and let's back into the tooling. That sure. makes sense. Yeah, no. I, <laughs> it's it's an interesting space. I mean, one of the one of the most challenging parts of our space is to separate like the game from the truth yes. you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like it's cool to write rust yes um but is it solving a business problem don't be Sometimes. talking rust, <laughs> Not talking rust. <laughs> i love rust i'm, I'm a little rusty yeah i'll, yeah. Write, I'll write an entire web app in rust like, yeah well, no i know you not will because not but because then I no should. one else would be able to <laughs> exactly it. yeah, yeah, yeah. you'd be you'd be stuck supporting that web app until you die yeah that's true or that's until true. people stop using it yeah. and you would turn it off yeah because i mean you know Rust will never go away, so don't worry. And and you could use Rust in the name though. Use Rust Mike. Yeah, right? yeah they yeah. allow that. I'm just I'm not going there. Anyway, yeah, but no, you're absolutely right. Like like we, we we do need to stop and think about like where there should be. Like I grew up with. I mean, we had we didn't have scripts when I first started. Like yeah. you know, C C you know application binaries, right? And then we get into like monoliths, and that was awesome because all these things together. And then they, people said break it up, and we didn't know yeah. why. But once you understand learning, <laughs> well, we didn't like you know because like you're, everything's there. Like yep. I needed this address, you know, whatever service. And then when you start realizing the composition of it, but it had to always come back to like a, a business case why you did of, it. So. Of course. Of course, but to to you know to um, a lot of CTOs that were out there at the time, especially when the the cloud first started, they were like, mm-hmm. "We got to be cloud first. Okay, yeah. Why? Yeah. Uh, you know what's gonna why, what's the business value? So what everybody did, you know, everybody pretty much did is they said, "Okay, well our CTO said, said we had to be a cloud first. Okay, we're gonna take our monolithic application, mm-hmm. throw it up in the cloud, and we'll get, we'll fix it later. Yeah. And yeah. you know what never happens." Later. And so you know what they did? They created a very expensive second data center. 
Yeah, that's what much. they did because yeah. it didn't scale. It didn't do anything. It didn't, you know. Well, I think we elegantly, at least I think we elegantly uh, solved that problem. Like, there's so many good books out there, like Team Type Topologies and like yeah, all yeah. the various different books that like talk about why we did that, and that became a lot better. So the first generation of that was just like, hey, let's just go, you know, be in the cloud. And then I think we've been a lot smarter. Yeah. And I think that's what the composition usually breaks down now. Is like when I think about writing an application, I probably wouldn't start with let me break up all these microservices in my no. head. It's gonna be, but I do like the idea of like bounded domains. So I'm gonna sure. think about how my domains work, and then those do tend to match the tool sets that we have now yeah. um, because the tool sets have evolved to kind of match those types of patterns that are kind of inherent in, in a lot of software delivery, at least the way we yeah, do it. Yeah, and, the, and the, other, the other thing that's that's nice about containers is that now not everybody has to write in the same language. Yeah. You know, there could yeah. be certain reasons for writing in certain language. You need speed, go to Rust. You need, you know, if you need to write something that's, I don't know, you have to change all the time, maybe use Python. I don't know. You know like, something. Just use Rust, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. yeah, yeah, polyglot's the thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, Pick the right language for the job. Exactly. Kind of thing. It's actually interesting. So one of the things Google open sourced, what, maybe a month ago or so, is uh, Service Weaver. Oh, yeah. What yeah, was that? And so, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, so it's, I would say it's um, an application framework of sorts, right? Okay. So the So we're talking about, hey, we should be writing microservices, but maybe not. Yeah. Maybe it's actually better to have a monolith, right? And so sure. the, the space that Service Weaver is playing in is saying, hey, listen, write your code modularly. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then decide whether or not at um at runtime if you want to break it up into multiple services or you want it to deploy as hmm. a monolith. So you're not coupling the decision on how your app's going to scale um, with the actual code base. You can you can put it together and pull it apart as you need. And that's that's one of the things um, that Service Fabric is trying to solve for. It's a very googly way of going approaching. Or Service Weaver. <laughs> service Fabric didn't service, solve for service. anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's interesting, you know, and this is the thing. We have so many choices. We have yeah. so many things, but but you really got to educate yourself to figure out like what is your real need, you know. Yeah. The, and and so many people are so bad at that. And I, I'd say I'm particularly bad at that sometimes too mm -hmm. because I get too involved in the technology. Mm -hmm. I'm a technologist. I love the technology. I like to see what's new. I like the shiny object. I typically go towards it. We all do. You sit <laughs> alone in a room and teach yourself Rust for a month. Yeah. I was going like, to say, like, I am a classic case of that right now. Like, I, yeah. I am so, so on Rust right now. I love it, but uh, it's it's not an answer for everything. But, like, it's, it's conferences like this that really help. And then, honestly, like, I'll, I'll pitch what you're doing, right? Like getting on and talking about it and, and having podcasts and stuff. Yeah. We start sharing those experiences. When I when I was first doing this, uh, first of my career, you know, it's like I read a book. I went to Barnes and Noble and literally yeah, just sit in the aisles. That. I used yeah. to do that too. Yeah. Just sitting there, I love going through it. And then yep. you go to a conference, and I was like, ooh, I've heard about something else. They, but the spread of information was so slow. But now we're we have communities now, and we're spreading that information so much faster, so we can yeah. get to the decisions as to why we pick one over another a lot faster than we used to be able to. I love it. Yeah, man, I really sound like an old man now. So no, I, yeah, I, I feel I was old like, too. oh, back in my day, yeah, back in my day, I had to compile eight-bit stuff <laughs> while you were walking uphill in the snow. That's right. Yes, okay. both directions. Yeah, my hand crank, you know, power unit as I compile my Commodore, like in flip flops. Hey, don't don't <laughs> knock the Commodore. My first book was was program you and your Commodore sixty four programming oh. sprites. I remember laying down on the floor and having a magazine and literally typing, typing it in. Everything. Yeah, yep, and right, then you have yep. you compilation like no. But that was back when I was young, and I'd be like, yeah, I had to start from scratch. Yeah, like, yeah. And then it was like you, you had to like troubleshoot. Like, where is that one command that I didn't yeah. do? Like, correct. Yep. And it was like twenty pages of like writing that script. But you're like, I'll have a program at the end. It's like kids are never gonna know that until they start unless you start with Kubernetes one six. And, then, and yeah. now you and ask, then you will know. <laughs> and now you ask an LLM, please, can you write me this thing? Yes. 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 
And it's like, how would you like it? Uh, and with pirates, please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I asked uh, going back to that. Just a funny story is like I asked just to, just for uh, this conference. I said, please describe cloud native in 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 the uh, phrasing of Shakespeare. <laughs> and so it said, like, thus we'll use cloud native, and like it was it was really cool. But oh, that's pretty neat. It was it was it was a cool thing. Nobody yeah. responded to it, so obviously yeah. it wasn't that cool. But you know, I actually so I want to coin a new term. I was talking to um, uh, Laura, um, oh, man, blanking on last names. Uh, that's okay. Over at Dell, Laura used used to yeah. be um, at Plumi, and I was like, well, there's cloud there's cloud native software, right? What's the opposite of cloud native? <laughs> Think about it. Cloud foreign? Cloud foreign. Yeah, so could we start calling on-prem cloud foreign software? Yeah, there you go. I like it. You've heard it here first, folks. It's cloud foreign now. So, yeah. Cloud adverse. Cloud adverse. Cloud adverse. Oh, my God. So now, now that sounds like, you know, that's that's more of a disability if it's cloud adverse. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. We have to help it there. Yeah, yeah. You know? I welcome any help with this. Like, it's a, it's a fascinating, like, Edge is fascinating if you start thinking about, like, if I no longer have network connectivity I can rely on, like, you start thinking about your problems again, like, differently. Yeah. Like, mm. How do I hold on to this? Like, you store and forward, or I do, like, aggregate. Like, what do I do when I have to drop data? Like, yeah. it starts to become a kind of a really fun... I don't know, it's fun for me. Yeah. Uh, it's probably scary for data folks, but it's, uh, I, I love yeah. those problems. I, I, I imagine a lot of like, you know, either RabbitMQ or Kafka or something mm -hmm. like in between, you know, that's queuing yeah. that stuff up. Absolutely. And then, yeah. Uh, we heavily rely on, on those types of products and those types of things. So uh, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's basically bringing a lot of the cloud native thinking, but we're still bringing it down to an edge. So that's why we're bringing Kubernetes there. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been involved in, a, in other projects that, that have, you know, worked in the edge and things like that, that are edgy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so I understand a little bit of it, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, not to your extent. What do you think about just, like, the? I mean, I think we might be, like, heading into another, parad another paradigm yeah. shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buzzword. Yeah. Um, but, like, what do you think about if the data is completely distributed to the clients? See, like, I, that, that's I a like world that that's idea. coming, right? I agree. I like that. And uh, like, we have so much power in these little things that own us these days right well, there's, so, there's, like, i have generally have four reasons why you build something at an edge or you work for an edge anyway mm -hmm. the first one is like network yeah. second one is latency if you want yep. something a round trip to be really yeah. small and then size of data and uh compliance typically or, yeah. or, or something like that that data like there's a lot of power the fact that i run something and i keep the data locally and i only extract the things i need out of it absolutely that's what sends out yeah like those things can you know there's no purpose of mm -hmm. you know, i don't know like say say you're working with like uh, ot stuff right and you've got like a uh, thousand signals a second that are coming in. You don't need to send a thousand signals up to the cloud. Like to first thing you do is aggregate it anyway. Yeah. Aggregate it where it's at and use the information. And then best yet, like maybe not even have to send it to the cloud. Maybe it's used for uh, things that are just at that location. Like and and uh, so like driver cars. Are you saying that we shouldn't put all of our data in the cloud and then <laughs> pretend like we're going to do something with it uh, in the next five years? I don't know if my uh, if, if my employer would be happy. <laughs> 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 yeah, so cover up the cloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Sure. Totally, yeah. <laughs> no, but th those are all really good points. And I think that, you know, again, you know, it's still the same technology, but you have to think of the intricacies of that technology of like what you're trying to do, how you're going to sure. distribute it, where where it's going to, you know, wh where is that failure point that, mm -hmm. that you that you could possibly have? And, and how are you going to manage things like applications? How are you going to push down things? Distrib distribution. Mm -hmm. All those kinds of things are, you know, those are those are the intricacies of doing things at the edge. Yeah. Also, yeah. obviously, you, you typically, and this is not always true, but you typically have smaller 
compute power, yes. smaller file systems, smaller. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm so on you have a to crusade about... to not make a MIDI data center everywhere you go. <laughs> I would love to have small little units that do. Yeah. And, and even this concept of asymmetric compute where I might have a bigger machine, but then a great example of big aisles of a restaurant or aisles of a convenience store. Um, I, what I want is I want, you know, maybe there's 10 cameras on there and they track a human walking across that and their basket. And then they leave that scene. I would love to have the compute for all of that happening at that aisle. They yeah. leave. They send up a, a note saying, oh, I no longer have a human. Another is like, oh, I see a new human on a different aisle. Yeah. And his compute says, again. it starts sending data and says, yeah. I've now yeah. identified. So now I've moved the compute rather than having one big mini data center in the, in the location. I have a whole bunch of little ones that use an orchestration for that center. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. We, but we don't have any of those constructs today. Like, we're just starting to develop those. But that, that's where I want to see these edge things yeah, go. These, all these things can work in concert. And, yeah, no, and I even think about, like, you know, uh, obviously car, cars are a good thing for Edge. Um, sure. I think of what, what my use case is, is I'm still waiting for, you know, the AR glasses uh, that I could just look at you guys and I would have all the, you know, like, I oh, know yeah. who you are and here's all yeah. the information and here's everything that I need to know. I honestly, like, that's I'm, not creepy at all. <laughs> no. I'm, a, I'm a chubby guy, so I just want that for the airplane so that way I can, like, do my work and just have these huge goggles on, just, like, yeah. just type the seats in front of me. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm just like, yeah, da, da, da. Mixed reality. Yeah, yes. yeah, mixed reality. I, I'm a huge mixed reality person so i love that stuff so it hasn't really gotten to that point where it works yet but but i love it i think it's more likely that you're going to narrate some sort of prompt to a local lm model that'll then just code your stuff that wouldn't be creepy at all goggles on and just start blah 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 blah. (laughs) not creepy at all yeah (laughs) well somebody just created like chat gpt which is cheapy, which which it runs on your phone. Okay, it's a version that runs on your phone. So wow. I saw that like right before I came here. It's called Chat Cheapy T. I've, I've seen the cat, the cat GPT. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> meow 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 meow. <laughs> no matter what you put in, it's meow. That's awesome. It's like that is that is a great parody. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My only concern with the edge right now, I've been thinking like the biggest one is like we now that we've going to be bringing these down to locations. Um, Typically, it hasn't been a security risk as much because, you know, it's painful to have to go to a location, crack into it, do something with it, and then it's just too much work to try to, like, hack a whole system. But now if we put centralized management on that, all of a sudden now we can easily crack all of them. So what if we end up creating a 20,000, 30,000, you know, bot, you know, bot farm, essentially, and you start DDoSing with, you know, all of a, a QSR? Okay, so right around, this is going back when I was still a network security engineer, but... I don't know if you remember, like, during, like, around when Code Red and NIMDA came out, like, like a long time ago, there was also that, like, they were hacking the the HP printers and and then using that as, like, DDoS from everywhere. Like, you know, so, like, there's so much of that, you know. Not yet, not even, I mean... Shorter time ago than that, they were yeah. hacking like the um, cameras, the cameras, yeah, yeah, passwords. It's all possible. I mean, uh, all of this is about decreasing the attack surface. Yeah. yeah, trying to make sure that you're, you know, you're as secure as you can. I mean, we haven't even talked about yet, like the whole supply chain thing. You know, yeah. so there's like there's like so many things you have to consider yeah. when when you're considering security for for all these yeah. things, and and especially at the edge, which is. Which has historically, I don't want to say it is now, but has historically been a less secure mm-hmm. piece in, of yeah. the environment. Well, That's why it, they don't allow network in. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Absolutely. Well, yeah, I think absolutely. it's. I think a lot of it's, it's definitely not nefarious, right? It's like yeah. as an engineer, you're like, oh, look at this cool thing I just did. Yeah. You're not thinking at all about maliciousness yes, anywhere. No. So you're like, you know, whatever. And like, of course, it just has a default password, whatever, and you just keep going. And then that gets published out without <laughs> thinking about it. And yeah. next thing you know, you're like, oh, yeah, we probably should not have done that. Right. So I, I, I remember I, I posted a. Um, uh, one one of those uh, CVEs when I like back in those days, yeah. it was that 
I actually created a script at one point that could consume all of the DHCP scope, mm-hmm. so uh, so that so that there would be no more DHCP addresses whatsoever. Oh. And I was like, this is kind of a bad thing that you probably don't want to do. Did you turn that on at Friday at 8 a.m.? I did, so you yeah. could, yes. Have four-day work weeks? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, okay. absolutely. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm going to go down that path with the things that I've done that are <laughs> yes. slightly nefarious. Yeah, yeah. Well, so like, so on the other side of the spectrum, if we, if we move away yeah, from yeah, yeah, for a second, go for yeah, and we go, go in the cloud and we're yeah. talking about um, how to help customers run their workloads yeah. with less complexity, right? Yeah, go back to that. That's a yeah, good just topic. for a second. Just for a second. <laughs> I mean, one of the things that... that I've been working on is trying to figure out what the shape of each customer's application scale problems are. Like, is it does it need to burst out fast? Yeah. Does it need GPUs? Is this is like more stateful and bin packing. Yeah. So one of the things that we're trying to do is to create these classes, right? So with autopilot, you're not going to pick a node pool anymore, but you're going to give you're going to give me a hint. Like you're going to yeah, give yeah. GKE a hint. That's says, awesome. Like, hey, I might be bursting randomly, so maybe you should use uh, some computers that can handle that. And you can maybe you can pre-warm them. Maybe you can yeah. maybe you can vertically scale. You should call it precog. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. AWS service with the word cog in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean those are some of the, the, the problems that we're solving. A lot less far out looking than yeah. uh, distributing data across the planet. But yeah. that's where that's where applications that are written ten years ago are getting stuffed into containers and, and we're trying to provide like a nice much more easier consumable way for our customers to get onboarded right that makes total sense because you know there's so many solutions right now that kind of uh you know will tap in afterwards and say this is how you should optimize Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. but if you can understand that ahead of time because every single every single person who manages servers knows that the or, or creates applications knows that first thing you say is hey you know what I'm going to put it on a server. It may be, I don't know, 24 cores, and I need 10 of them. But you know what? We'll fix it later, and we'll figure yeah. out how much mm-hmm. we really need. And you know what never happens? Fixing it we later. never fix it later to see yeah. how many we need. Like, so so understanding that and really getting into the to the core of it is yeah. awesome. And, and to me, I believe in collecting data in human terms. Mm-hmm. You know, let's let's figure out why do we have to make things so complex for people? Yeah. Like, let's let's ask them, like, real questions, like, you know, what, what kind of app is it? What kind of, you know, like, like what do you think, you know, how are you going to use it? What's your, you know, like, ask real questions. Yeah. To, and then let somebody let somebody else figure out, like, what that means in tech terms. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's And that's what we're after. We're after just give us a hint yeah. and let us figure it out yeah. pretty much. Well, yeah. I think by, by establishing some sort of profiles for what those might look like, yeah. too, like, this now also sets us up for the dream we've all been talking about for, you know, five, six years here of, like, I want to, you know, use AIML to help shape what my traffic looks Mm -hmm. like. We at Google do that with a lot of our own internal stuff. And if we actually started establishing profiles, we might be able to actually start making that real for other people by saying, we're seeing these patterns, they align to these profiles, here's how we can help you with your, you know, your applications better. Yeah, so you're kind of like crowdsourcing the info there without any kind of PI, you know? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But but you're you're getting that, you're starting to learn like what a typical application works like, and then you can reuse that, which Mm -hmm. is very smart. And then let's face it, I mean, the more efficient we get at using our physical computers at Google for our customers that are yeah. on Google Cloud, the better off the planet is, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, seriously. Yeah. No, so no, absolutely. We're, we're carbon no, negative no, no, and we can increase, we're carbon yeah. negative now and we can, yeah. if we can keep on pushing that, then I feel like, well, you know, we're leaving a positive impact. And I, while, you know, I'm not the most, um, what, do you, what would you call me as far as a Google employee? Like I'm, Google Tangent? 
Yeah. Google tangent. Like I'm I not. Too. I'm not a. Comp- I'm not a company man. <laughs> yeah. But that's something I can get behind. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. something I can get. Behind. Yeah. Absolutely. No. I, and I, and you know what? I, I I love that idea of of being able to understand like what's your CPU resources and let's let's figure out like can you can you make this small you know all that stuff is about tuning. And you know, if if we can do that, then then it, it is a much yeah. better place. So so I totally agree with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, these are these are the conversations that I wish more companies would have about like first of all sustainability, but simplicity too. Yeah. You know, I, we try to make things so overly complex, and why? You know, it's it's well, it's it's both sides. Like we try to they become overly complex with like a, yeah. with a thing like Kubernetes, but then we also try to make them overly simple with whatever our fourth order abstraction passes. Mm-hmm. Sure. And those are great functions as a service. Awesome. Um, I've got nine. Yeah, I've got ninety yeah. percent of my tech debt over here that cannot run in a function as yeah. a service. So what sure. do I do with that? How do yeah. I make that run more efficient? Yeah. How do I burn less trees down while I'm running that thing? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also think the other part that has to be easier is going from source code into microservices because mm. that really hasn't been solved that well yet. You still got to do all these Docker files and you have to or whatever. It is. And yeah, <laughs> exactly. Or and you still for, for each one of these individual microservices that you know that all are going to be run as an application. Yeah. Figure out that application blueprint and give me that. You know, instead of having to write all this stuff individually, yeah, make that easier. You know, so now you're now you're talking about um the buzzword of the of the year maybe mm-hmm. platform engineering. Yeah, right? yeah. so this is yeah. what everyone's trying to do. They're trying to build patterns, right? Yes, and it's funny because I I mean I talked to I don't know fifty. But nobody's done it right yet. That's I talk to fifty customers a year, and they're all building the same thing. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> Right, they all have some some it's minor like idiosyncrasy in a difference that requires them. But they to probably all think it's very very different. Well, and they think it's uh, <laughs> oftentimes they think that that's the distinguishing factor too. They're like, oh, we do it differently. Like, yeah, it's kind of inefficient, but like that's the thing that makes it unique. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And they're all t- the funny thing is they're building platforms and they're taking the the, the, the same ten ten tools. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing that's underneath the platform. So yep. they're yeah, just yeah. wrapping the platform in their own abstraction, right? Which sure. includes Kubernetes. It includes yeah. some GitOps engine. It includes yep. some CI/CD tool. Sure. So yeah. A little bit Observability thrown in there for yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah, full stack. Full stack. Full stack. Right. Yeah. Full stack. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, I mean, but but we do have to solve that problem. Whether it's for sure. platform engineering yeah. or whatever buzzwords you want to use, I hate. I'm such a non-fan of these shift left. You know, full stack observability. I mean, I understand that there's needs for these technologies. I just hate the buzzwords. I'm not a buzzword guy. A lot of it I want to focus I want to focus on the people who are using them because like yeah. the personas, like the reason yeah. why the shift left seems to make sense is because it's like, well, as a developer, do I really want to pitch things over the fence? And we've gone through so many iterations of like the DevOps and scrums or like all this stuff, right? Of like, break up the barriers between yes. them. But like, if we actually start developing our tools and this is why I think like it is a buzzword, but I really like the concept of these platforms because it does actually take that practice and puts it into, you know, into code. Most yeah. people don't want to go to their job and learn everything. Of course. And so you have to make these abstractions. Like at most of the developers I, I knew growing up and when they, I just code. That's all I do. I don't even yep. care how it gets to production. I just yeah. code. Absolutely. And then I'm a sysadmin. I only do sysadmin stuff. But that also was not the answer, right? Because that's no. what DevOps was born out of. Yeah. Was yeah. the idea of like, oh, well, you can't just throw this code over the fence. You actually yeah. need to have someone over there and understand yeah. what happens when you throw the code exactly. over the fence. Understanding yeah. how those things. But like this buzzword bingo of sysadmin, <laughs> DevOps, um, what's X? SRE, 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 platform engineering. Yeah, it's like, crazy. Sorry, Steve. It's crazy. But no, but it's okay. It's okay that it exists because yeah. different different customers or different users are at different stages of maturity, right? Yeah. And so, like, if you're early in a cloud journey, say, 
DevOps might be the way to do it, right? You might want to actually pair up your your um, your engineers, your, your operators with your developers. Sure. Because for that period of time, while you're just figuring stuff out, that allows you to move faster and to make some progress. And then maybe a couple years later, you're starting to onboard a bunch of different teams. You've got different UX for each team. You've got batch sure. operators. Absolutely. You've got application developers. And I think that's when you start to get into the value of what maybe a platform could provide, mm -hmm. right? Because sure. now, now I'm like... Now I'm creating these experiences. I'm like I'm giving I'm giving you, Mr. Developer, the you know ship my code and then immediately get telemetry back and tell you what's broken if it is broken. So so here's my problem. Yeah. The problem isn't with the actual job titles or personas right. or anything like that. The problem is that everyone has their own lexicon and definition of what mm -hmm. these things are. Yeah. So nobody agrees upon what these are, and then and then <laughs> you know so so you're. And, and my other thing is, is well, what are you going to do with this information? Yeah. How are you going to act differently yeah. knowing the persona of what this person is yeah. doing? Yeah, that's why so, I use the word platform because it's so generic that it can like, be all of those things. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, so that, though, that's my problem with these terms. It's not the actual terms itself. Yeah. If, if you are a real SRE or if you are a real but, – but you've defined – what is your – I always ask, what's your definition of that? You yeah. know, because – Nobody has the right definition of these things, you know? Yeah. It's it's like it, what it means to me. Yeah. So. Well, and I think it's, yeah, but <laughs> defining it, though, I don't know if it's as important as defining the outcomes. Defining outcomes is way more important. Yeah. You know, but but also who's consuming it and how you consume it. Because, look, yeah. if I'm in so-called DevOps, I'm, and for the people out there, I'm putting my two fingers up if you're not in the video. <laughs> uh, you know, but if you're if you're in DevOps, you know, generally, if I if I want to do something and I'm going to, you know, codify it, I'm going to want to create some kind of pipeline. And I don't really care about the user interface. But then there's somebody that might be an IT ops that wants to understand what you're doing. And they don't know anything about DevOps, so you might want to give them some kind of dashboard around it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you have to know those those you know who you're targeting for the type of stuff that you're you're kind of presenting to them. Yeah, and that kind of brings up a good 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 piece there. Like there is actually some value to the buzzwords, and, and we don't like them because they can mean different things. And I think yeah. the reason, the main reason, they don't like them is because the marketers get a hold of it, yes. and then it becomes like the thing that <laughs> yeah, you have to do. Exactly. But like it is important to have some sort of a lexicon or some sort of like terminology we all use, so that way we we can interchange. You know our our ideas a lot faster. Sure. It's so like SRE. If you understand the basis behind that, like you can talk to somebody else and you'll understand about SLIs, SLOs. You'll understand sure. why you're doing those things. Uh, but if it's like, oh, we just do monitoring or something, like it's too ambiguous and it's too hard to have the conversations about, you know, getting more efficient at the development stuff we're trying to do. I know so. they kind of feel like gang yeah. signs to me. Someone <laughs> says platform engineering, I'm like, oh, you're throwing up your your platform engineering set. Yeah, you're like, oh, I'm that someone West says Coast DevOps, set. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. you're you're it's, in another set. It, it's, it. it's not geographically; it's, it's time. <laughs> so you can tell yeah. that. We, oh, you're from like uh, 2005 <laughs> or yeah. whatever. So you can tell that we both grew up in New York, and we always have, you know, in New Yorkers. I don't know if you know this about us, but but we always like we're always very hard on our buddies, like in a good way though. We're yeah. always, you know, like so so this is this is how we like jive each other yeah, you know yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like tough love it's tough love tough kind love, of yeah. growing up it gives you thick skin growing yeah, up yeah, yeah. Though, yeah. You know? lots and lots and lots of therapy <laughs> yeah, absolutely we didn't have that in colorado <laughs> no no in colorado you don't have no that? no we just had all the like yeah no we we were we were, we were all like huggy it was, uh, just different world yeah no yeah. i like i like colorado you know i, I think my like, dad's given me five hugs in my life yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he grew up in queens yep same as mine yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> So anyway, no, this has been some great conversation, yeah. by the way. I really enjoyed this. I, now, one thing I have to ask at the end is, you know, you guys have seen a lot, but you're, you're here at KubeCon. Mm -hmm. What has surprised you? What is something that's interesting? Anything that's, that, that's uh, you know, you found really unique, maybe talking to people, maybe, you know, some kind of technology, maybe just engaging with the community? I don't know. <laughs> Can I be to what you might say as well? 
Like, I, I'm, I'm really interested in the Wasm stuff, to be honest. I, yeah, yeah. I really like the idea because I think the portability and the use for uh, all ranges of sizes of compute, I think that's really cool. I don't know where that's necessarily going to go, but I do yeah, yeah. like... I like that we're still continuing to revisit like how we do this. We're not just stopped to say we got a packaging of Docker. We're happy with that. We're continuing to keep thinking about it. So that's one thing I'm I've yeah, been exploring yeah. a lot. So this is the first year I um, went to the Contributor Summit. So I did some work on the multi-cluster services SIG. Nice. And um, went to Contributor Summit and kind of saw a little bit more how the sausage is made and stuff. Got in some um, unconference uh, sessions where we're talking about um, a theme, I think. So here's a, this, this is the point. The surprising theme for me is that it seems like we're trying to figure out how to make uh, cluster configurations mutable. And, I, and I'm saying this on this podcast because I don't agree with it. Yeah, yeah. right. Like, wait like, a minute. Why would we, you do that? Well, like <laughs> one example is if you need to change your pot, like if you need to change your pot or service ciders. Hmm. Now we have a way you can do this in GKE, yeah. so obviously enough people need it. But now, now we need to figure out how to do it upstream so folks sure. are running on bare metal can do it. Or another one that really hit hard. Um, I'm quite disappointed in it. I'm just going to go and put that on wax. Long-term support for Kubernetes. Not a fan. But, but it was just announced by one of the major cloud providers this week that they're going to support it. And then we're, we're in unconference SIGs discussing, are we going to do this upstream? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Always so I have an analogy, though. Clusters. I have an analogy, if, you, if you're watching. <laughs> this is my problem with it. I want to put it in as many places as I can. This cup is one year of long-term of support, not long-term support. This is Kubernetes support. Yeah. We have a certain segment of customers that are asking to extend this past one year. Yeah. Right? And those are the customers, let's just say there's some water dripping in here. Yeah, yeah. Right? So it fills up, it gets to the top, and then it overflows. They refuse to, like, build the process to drink the cup of water to keep it from overflowing. And they're underwater. They're, they're not patching for CVEs. They're leaving their sub, themselves sure. vulnerable. And they're like, you know, we really need some extended support. So what are we going to do? We're going to give them a bigger cup. Yeah. Awesome. That solves a problem for one extra year one time. Yeah. Because then the water is going to drip into that cup, and it's going to fill all the way to the top, yep. and it's going to overflow again, and we're going to get the same it's a problem. cycle. <laughs> so um, I, was, I was joking with uh, some, some coworkers. I think to be empathetic towards Kubernetes end users is to not... LTS, hmm. force everybody to deal with the terms of, of Kubernetes being a platform that's going to be upgraded with frequency. And, and focus and your building your on... process around yeah, no, that. I, I kind of agree with that. Or yeah. use a service that does it for you. Yeah, yeah. Focus your effort on not mm -hmm. on the long-term side of it. Focus your effort on how that change happens. Manage that change. I love the idea of ephemeral clusters. I would rather never upgrade a cluster. I want a new cluster. That's, I, that's yeah. the way I, th I was just going to say that. I was right. going to say, why are people... I think that's really for, for people with lack of understanding <coughs> of how to really work within the sure. Kubernetes ecosystem because really you should never worry about any of that. You know? Well, there is... there is. I mean, <laughs> there are a, um, a strong... There's a strong... Um, a decent amount of folks out there that are running on bare metal. Yeah. And when you run on bare metal, it's, it's, it's hard to rip and replace. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. So I understand the need for long-lived clusters, but we need to help them build the process. Yeah. But we need to make we need to make better tools, make it easier. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. So I'm working on edge and so. we're focusing on not on, on trying to not have those uh, those long-lived as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, guys. Yeah. You guys have been yeah. amazing, and this has been a lot of fun. We'll have to have you back again to right. to talk about something totally different, and we'll yeah. just we'll just you know complain about something else. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> we appreciate it. We, we appreciate your time. All right, guys. Thanks. All right, All right. thanks a lot. Thanks.